Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, at Bobby Skinner NFL. Here with my guy, Danny King, at Danny King NFL. And Danny, we're covering the defensive uh, undrafted free agency day, and the draft is starting to die off slowly. Here we'll be starting some OTAs soon. I mean, how, how are you feeling now that the draft is kind of wearing off on us? I'm feeling pretty good. I like where the team is at right now, and everyone just seems excited to get back to it and just hit OTAs. I'm, I'm excited that the draft over. As fun as it was leading up to it, I'm over it now, and I just can't wait for them to finally hit the field. I can't wait to see that first Eli and Daniel Jones picture together. Who, who are we putting money on getting that first picture out? Uh, I'm going to say I feel like it's going to be either Art Stapleton or Jordan Ronan. I'm saying it's, Jordan. It's, it's usually Stapleton. I'll, I'll go Stapleton if you're going to go Ronan. I'll, I'll uh, say Ron on yeah, you say Stapleton. You call him Ron on, I call him Raynan. That's how we work on this show. If we don't know how to pronounce this, someone's name, we just <laughs> each do it the, the opposite way. Um, I think I'm it's never... Raynan, but I'm not sure. I don't, it's Ron on to me. You, you know, like it's not a big deal because I'd probably do it too, but you get first names wrong all the time. Like you call Damon Harris and Damian Harris. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, why I do that. I think it's funny. Uh, all right, so. What has happened in the past couple of days since the last time we uh, were in front of microphones? Rod Smith was signed. Rob Martin was cut. Uh, Mike Shula and James Betcher talked to the press. Uh, let's talk. Let's start with the running backs first. Uh, Rod Smith was signed, and I was kind of like, "Oh, mate, like, what are we trying to figure out the Cowboys playbook?" And you know, it, it was like, "Okay, whatever. Uh, what's wrong with having a guy come in and compete?" Now, that, that being said, he only averaged 2.9 yards per carry last year. But the corresponding move with that is Rob Martin, uh, the running back out of Rutgers, who had a good preseason, was waived today, which I really dislike that. And it's not necessarily uh, bringing in the Rod Smith. Is like Rob Martin has, like, he's shown flashes. Like, I think he's, like, I, and I said to you before, Danny, that I think he could be the number two guy for this team. Um, obviously, they know more than me, but I mean, I, and I put out a tweet uh, earlier, you know, Rod Smith, 2.9 yards per carry last year behind Ezekiel Elliott and a really good Dallas offensive line. John Hillman, who is an undrafted uh, free agent running back who played three years at Boston College, one year at Rutgers as well. Uh, his college was 3.9 yards per carry, 2.9 yards per carry, 3.8, and then 4.1 his senior year at Rutgers. And then Rob Martin in college, 5.0, 5.4, 5.2, and 4.5. Uh, he's got the big playability, and we saw in the preseason he was breaking them off for like ten yards a pop. He had a touchdown in, uh, against Detroit. It just—I don't know. I, I, it's you know, it's probably I'm probably making a bigger deal about it than it should be, but I, I really thought Rob Martin would be a, a guy to come in to camp and compete, and I really thought he would have a job. Uh, I thought that was in my mind. I, I thought he was a lock to have a job for the fifty-three. Uh, no, yeah, you, you were very adamant about Rob Martin, and he could have the possibility to be the number two overall back, and I see where you're coming from, I remember the preseason, quality player, it's just, as you said, it's not more Rod Smith, I think this is more of a sign that, what, what about Paul Perkins, because I'll make this clear, I did not know he was on this roster, I'm going to be honest with everyone, I literally forgot, and many other people did as well. So I think this is also a testament to Paul Perkins showing that they believe in him because Rob Martin is a capable player. And as you, as you lifted off his stats with that 5.0, 5.4, 5.2, and 5.5 
yards per carry. So he has it. It's no doubt in my mind. But I'm just really intrigued to see where this fits with Paul Perkins. And yes, as you said, I think this is also the Giants trying to get some knowledge on Ezekiel Elliott because they need to shut him down somehow because he's a dominant force with Dallas and we struggled to stop him last year, really. But he didn't play in the final game of the season because they're in the playoffs and that was a nothing game for them. But yeah, I'm saw... really intrigued where this leaves Paul Perkins. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll um, just say this. I'm just intrigued to see where this leaves Paul Perkins. That's all I'm interested in. Yeah, and, and that's why I didn't mention Paul Perkins when I was talking about uh, the other two guys. Rod Smith, uh, like you said, you know, maybe we'll learn some of the Dallas playbook. I don't know how much the running back know of it, but hey, we'll see. Uh, and I saw the conspiracy theory. I think you were talking to a guy, actually, where he said, hey, maybe this will give us a leg up on signing Jalen Smith, the linebacker from the Cowboys next year. I mean, you never know. You never know, like, especially with, with old Davey Gettleman, like, you never know what kind of stuff we're trying. And I'm completely fine with, like, Paul Perkins. Like, if it was, like, okay, like, for the third running back spot, it's Rob Martin or Paul Perkins, and they pick Paul Perkins, I wouldn't have a problem with that because Paul Perkins, is, you know, he hasn't shown that he's a good player, but he's shown he's a quality player. He, you know, was brought in as, you know, he was set to start in 2017, I believe. Uh, he was a starter in, the, in that playoff run uh, towards the end of the season when Rashad Jennings wasn't really performing well. I believe that was Rashad Jennings' year, right? Yeah, yeah, that was Rashad Jennings' year. Yeah, he got – Jennings got cut, I think, in 2016 or 2015 because they believed in Paul Perkins that much. Okay, yeah, um, one of those years. But, yeah, Paul Perkins was a guy that we thought uh, could play, and, you know, I thought he could be a starter. So, yeah, like, between those two, I'm fine with. It's just, like, John Hillman, and I'm not the, you know, I'm not the, the bastard guy, but nothing about him, like, really pops out to me, um, you know, his film or his stats. And so I was like, why not, you know, give a guy, Rob Martin, who, you know, did better every single year of his career uh, at Rutgers than John Hillman did one year as a senior year. And John Hillman at Boston College was just flat out kind of bad. You know, he's a little shifty, but he's slow. And I guess, you know, you could pick uh, Martin over over Rod Rod Smith over Martin. But it's just, I don't know, it, it was weird to keep Hillman and not keep Martin. Uh, uh, Rashad Jennings was cut in 2017. That's when that happened. And then okay, Perk- so Perkins played in the playoffs 2016. I think yeah. he was a starter for that game. Yeah, he did. And then, uh, but then it's weird. Ben McAdoo. Some games he loved Paul Perkins, and sometimes he just absolutely hated him. Uh, I I don't know what he was doing. Obviously, no one talks about him anymore. But I'm just yeah. Paul Perkins. He has the potential. And when he played in 2017, he was behind that awful offensive line. Now this year, he, if he does how much playing time he gets is to be determined. But he'll be behind a solid group of guys that can really block for him. And it just shows the Giants believe in him with him still being on this roster, even with him being injured basically all of last season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll be interesting. And, and, you know, Dave Gettleman has very, been very quick to move on from Reese guys. So to, to bring one of those guys back uh, is kind of surprising. So, yeah. Um, like I said, I like Rob Martin a lot, uh, but anyways, it's it's not a huge deal. Obviously, you know, second third string running back, not gonna not gonna freak out about that one. Um, press conferences, Shula and Betcher spoke. Danny, won't you start off with what you kind of took away from Mike Shula, who is our offensive coordinator, but is essentially a quarterbacks coach. Oh uh, yeah, he he basically here the do the quarterbacks coach and uh basically uh he just explained how um he feels Eli still has it. He feels like he's even in some even in better shape at this point. His arm still has it. 
he also explained how uh, he was the guy, the first guy, the Giants to get to look at Daniel Jones when uh, Pat Shermer was in um, Arizona for the owners' meetings or the coaches' meetings. So he, he said that's when he really fell in love with Daniel Jones, and then he reported into Shermer and all of them. Then they had that private workout with him. So basically, it was basically a conference asking Mike Shula about um, – how he feels about Daniel Jones, and obviously the question about where Golden Tate fits in with this offense, and him basically saying that now they have Sterling Shepard, a guy who could play both inside and out, and then Golden Tate, a guy who could play both inside and out, so they have multiple options there, and they're unpredictable. And the part that a lot of people, I wouldn't say freaked out on, but some people were like, oh, that's interesting that he would say that. He we said, had a few freakouts. We did have a few freakouts. I'm, I, I should have said that, but many, many people freaked out for multiple reasons. But he said Daniel Jones has the ability to start Week One, and that that that's a I would say a bold claim, but that's a that's a pretty high praising claim for Daniel Jones because not many people think he'll even be starting this year. And then to have Mike Shula come out and say he could see Daniel Jones starting Week One, that's quite impressive. But uh, he also that said he this is Eli's team. It's Eli's job to lose right now. So that that's obvious. It was always going to be Eli's job to lose. But just that's just a, a bu- book of confidence for Daniel Jones to show that this team really believes I can get it done if I'm put in this year. Yeah. Uh, these press conferences, I get so like amped up, like, ooh, get to see what the coach is thinking. And then every time when I leave, I'm like, well, that was absolutely nothing and worthless. Uh, yeah, the, the Daniel Jones could be starting week one. I think that was just more of like, hey, he has the ability to start week one. It was never like, hey, he's going to come in and battle. And you know what? I think he might just take the starting job. I definitely don't believe that's what it was. Although some people took it that way. But I think people just kind of wanted to take it whatever way they wanted to take it. Um, and I'm not saying like, hey, if you want to start Dan- – like I, a lot of fans do want Daniel Jones to start week one. And I, I while I don't necessarily want that, I also – wouldn't be like horribly mad if like Daniel Jones comes in and beats Eli out in camp for one. Right. That would mean D- Daniel Jones is doing really well, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, one of those quotes where it's very dead. It's a dead time right now. So we have nothing to talk about. So we, we got to nitpick at anything. No, yeah, you're right. We got to basically people got freaked out at everything the giants say, but as you said, if Daniel Jones comes in week one and starts, you wouldn't see me complain. I'll, that would, make me feel very confident if he could beat out Eli Manning. Now people may say, uh, Eli Manning, he doesn't have it anymore. I mean, if the Giants are willing to sit Eli Manning week one, that shows how much confidence they have in Daniel Jones because Eli Manning, he's our best option, and they're paying him a lot of money to come in and start right now. So Daniel Jones, if he starts week one, that would be phenomenal. And if he dominates week one, then he would just basically shut up all the critics he ever has. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not not everyone. Trust me, trust me, Danny Boyd. We are we are the Giants uh, fan base. We do like to <laughs> hold a lot of grudges on people. Um, Eli's going to start Week One. Obviously, we're just kind of playing hypothetical. Well, oh, and then someone said someone did, I did see someone say like Eli would just retire if he came in a backup. It's like I don't know, twenty million dollars to be a backup. Like I might not be happy, like super excited, but I'm showing up Week One for twenty million dollars to. To not get hit. So yeah, Eli's playing week one. He's starting week one. I don't even know why we're doing these these false hypotheticals. And then James Betcher did his press conference with defensive coordinator. And James Betcher seemed like somebody who like knew he was gonna get all these questions asked. And he like he like he was like ready to be questioned and he just had all his lies. And I'm not saying he's lying, but it was just the, it was funny the way he came out. Like like the first thing he's like, We're not gonna try and be Arizona. 
I know some people are thinking that. Uh, we are not Arizona. Just because we signed Marcus Golden and Antoine Bethea uh, does not mean we're going to be at Arizona and then talk about how great those guys were for like two minutes, which is like nobody asked James, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I'm not, I, I don't have a problem with. And, and he's like, before, like, he went like a good, like, oh, yeah, I think he went over five minutes before, like, anybody got to ask a question. He was just like 30 to 30 seconds to a minute and then they asked questions. And he's like, uh, if you pit, Every uh, if if I if the Giants had the first five draft picks or your team had the first five draft picks and you're the defensive quarter to make the pick, they're picking five defensive guys. Yeah, Josh Allen's a good player, Ed Oliver's a good player, but I'm a team guy, and if I'm going to say team, I have to buy in the team. So I like Daniel Jones, and that's not the company line. That's a personal opinion. It's like, dude, like chill out, man. Like we we're, we're we're not accusing you of anything quite yet. Like just chill out. Uh, so James Betcher seemed on the defensive. But uh, after that, uh, it didn't. The only thing that came out because I have wondered, and maybe I'm an idiot, and I'm the only person that wonders this. But I was like, "How's Bethea and Peppers going to work? Who's going to play free safety? Who's going to play strong safety? Because they have Peppers listed at free safety, and Bethea's done uh, both. But it looks like Bethea's going to be free safety. Peppers will be strong safety, kind of taking that Landon Collins role. So yeah, that that was really the only thing I got out of it. You know, just kind of laughing at James. James Bencher is a unit. I love James Bencher so much. Uh, he just he just was so defensive in the beginning, and I like I was like I was just giggling at it. No, I, I love that you called James Bencher a unit. I, one of my favorite pitchers is him when Janoris Jenkins made that interception last year. Janoris is leaning to stay in bounds, and James Betcher is, like, leaning with him. It's like, you he just loves football. But the one thing I took away, he just seems so much more happy that this year he's probably going to have a capable defense that could perform. Obviously, I, I, that's not fair because he had capable players, but they were just learning a system. This year, he's got two guys he's familiar with, and Marcus Golden and Antoine Buffea. He's got a uh, Janoris Jenkins back, and and seems like he's in love with Janoris Jenkins. And Janoris Jenkins has been great so far to the rookies. And he's just happy to have all these rookie corners at his disposal. He seems in love with Jabril Peppers, even when he was in Arizona and scouting him. He just seems excited to be coaching the Giants' defense last year. Not saying he wasn't excited last year, but he has like this energy with him that like he has more let's say, faith that he has a defense that can get it done, unlike last year, because our defense was not good at all. James Betcher is the guy where, like, when you like, you first meet him, he's very quiet and shy, and he'll talk a little bit. Uh, doesn't really crack any jokes. And then, like, your third week hanging out with him, it's like, James Betcher, shut up. Just shut up, James. You talk too much. Stop making jokes. I think that's – I think James Betcher is just way more comfortable in New York uh, year two. So, I, I think that's what it is. That's – a dumb analogy, but I, I kind of like it because that's kind of me. Like, I'm not like the loudest guy when you first meet me, at least like one-on-one stuff. And then like the third week hanging out, it's like Bobby never shuts up, he <laughs> never stops joking, and the guy's a freaking firecracker. So yeah. Anyways, that's who James Betcher is. I see a little bit of, and I'm freaking huge like James Betcher too. No, yeah, J- James Betcher. I I just love like him on the sideline, like him like basically headbutting his players. I'm like James, you're like you're gonna get a concussion or something. Like he's like full on headbutting his players after they make good defensive stops. I'm like I, I I mean some coaches do that, but like I'm not used to a New York Giants coach just walking to a player's headbutting them. That's why I love James Betcher. He's such a different coach than what we had. He's such like an amped up guy, and I just want to like be friends with him because like he seems like a fun guy. <laughs> James Betcher, Danny wants to be friends with you, and I would like to be friends with you too. Come on the show anytime you'd want. All right, so now that we cover that, it's 
Mail time, mail time, mail time. The mail's here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Oh my gosh, that was very cringeworthy. I tried to do the Blues Clues mail thing, and like halfway through, I'm like, everybody is cringing and embarrassed for me in their microphone. All right, let's do mail. This is like the, I guess maybe it's because it's new, but it's the part of the show I look forward to the most. Danny, open up the mail. The mail's here. It never fails. I'm wagging my tail, and I just wailed. <laughs> mail time. And let's start out with the serious stuff. So maybe that Janoris Jenkins question. I like that one a lot. All right. So the first question, it comes from the Shermanator NYG. He asks, do you think Janoris is a giant in the 2020 season? 11 million cap save at diff cut. While everyone's been talking about Daniel Jones, I've been wanting to hear much more about how our young DB group will affect our free agent targets. In parentheses, pass rush, question mark, exclamation point. Next season, since we might have $100 million plus in cap. So I, I, I'm going to throw this question to you first, Bobby. What, what do you think the Giants are going to do with Janoris Jenkins? Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll talk with the first part of the question, Janoris Jenkins. I do not believe Janoris Jenkins will be on the roster in 2020 unless he's coming for a very cheap deal. One, just because of we are going to have – uh, DeAndre Baker, who seems to be impressing. And the more you watch the kid, the more you're just like, man, this this was the right pick. Uh, Julian Level, now also, he might be playing safety eventually. But like I've said, I've been banging on this drum. I wanted to see Julian Love play corner. I think he's a corner. And unless he's going to go to corner and become an elite, or unless he's going to go to safety and be like an elite safety, I want him a corner. Um, bad on us for forgetting Antrell Roll. Uh, yeah, so anyways... I want Julian Lovett corner eventually, um, you know, and I'm not, maybe they'll try and use him as a honey badger type. I'm not saying he's honey badger, but you know, maybe using him as that type, obviously Arizona's done similar things. Uh, Sam Beal, like we all have very high hopes for him. We really don't know what he is. Although a lot of people, a lot of people think he would have been a second, third round pick in this draft. And obviously we gave up a third uh, round supplementary pick for him last year. Uh, Corey Valentine, who, you know, he's a six-round draft pick, uh, but, you know, we don't we don't know what he is, but that's another guy. Uh, and then Grant Haley, who me and you both like a lot. I think the fan base likes him a lot. I don't know if it's the Penn State connection or what. But Grant Haley, like, he was pretty solid in the playing time he got last year. So I like all those guys, which I think Janor- that leaves Janoris Jenkins out. And if the Giants are struggling at the trade deadline, I would expect them to trade Jenkins uh, because he's going to probably walk anyways in 2020. So why not get something for him, even if it's, you know, a fourth, fifth round pick, uh, you know, so, and, you know, we got, a, we got Julian Love for a fourth round pick this year. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I do not believe Jenkins will be part of, of the roster in 2020. Uh, and I think he could be gone to trade deadline. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I was thinking if the Giants season goes south with a very high chance that could happen, I think he'll be gone by the deadline. They can get some draft capital in return. Not a bunch because he's got a, a decent cap hit and he'll be gone after one season. But I like that we kept Janoris Jenkins to train these guys. We needed someone to train them. And I think Jack Rabbit's the perfect choice to train them. He's just that type of player. And you want him to be in these rookie corners. He's got the attitude, the physicality, and just the great football knowledge he has. But yeah, he won't be a giant in the 2020 season. 
unless it's a very cheap deal he wants to come back for. But Jenkins, he, he he's the guy that likes that money, and he's going to go get that money because he's still a quality corner. Now, yes, he was, he was not good in the beginning of the season because he was battling injuries. Then once the second half of the season really came around, that's when he became more of a solidified corner. Not 2016 All-Pro Janoris Jenkins, but a, a better corner than what he started out with. So I like Janoris Jenkins. He's a quality player for defense right now. But once these corners get adjusted, the Sam Beals, the DeAndre Bakers, Julian Loves, uh, Grant Haley, Corey Ballantyne, blah, 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 all those guys, Janoris Jenkins is not going to have a spot on this team because the Giants have a bunch of younger options and cheaper options they can use. So Janoris Jenkins, he will not be a Giant to start the 2020 season. What do you think about this? Now, I'm horrible at this. Like, don't ever – I'll never be like, this cornerback skills translate to safety. <laughs> do you think Janoris Jenkins could be a guy that – maybe translate to safety after this season? Um, maybe not even on the Giants, but do you, do you think his skill set translate there? I mean, I, I, I really have no idea, but it's – I mean, we see it with corners uh, a lot where they're kind of asked to do that. I think DRC was thought of uh, possibly doing that, um, and he was – you know, he was kind of a speedster. Jenkins was – you know, he was kind of known as a speedster in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about Jenkins possibly moving to, to safety? Uh, I, I I can't see it. I think he's a cornerback at heart. He fits that role. I mean, he can lay down the big hits, but I don't think Jenkins is going to want to move to safety unless he, like, has no choice. If he wants to be a giant and they're saying the only way we'll bring you back is if you play safety, then, then he'll probably do it. But Jenkins, I think he views himself as a corner. And me personally, I think... He, uh, I view him as a corner personally, but I totally see the reason why you're talking about um, him possibly switching to safety. But I just don't see it being a possibility for Jenkins. How old is Jenkins? Janoris Jenkins, hang on, doing looking up information in the show. He is currently 30 years old. Man, so, I remember when Janoris Jenkins was getting kicked out of UF, and I'm not taking shots. I'm just saying, like, I feel like an old head when guys that I remember in college, like, like, oh, yeah, he's a guy who got kicked out of college and had to go to, you know, some some JUCO. And now he's he's a 30-year-old old head. Um, so, yeah, Janoris Jenkins possibly in the safety. Let's just put that out there. Man, we'll get a headline for <laughs> saying, is Janoris Jenkins moving to safety? Bobby Skinner thinks yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. And it wasn't like a bad article or anything. Or like a, a – it wasn't like a beat reporter who like annoys me or I think is like a bad at their job. But they put out an article of, uh, like, why the Giants believe they'll be good uh, in, in the long term with their, with, at the quarterback position. And I just replied, because they drafted a quarterback. That's why. <laughs> it's like, they, they will, like, he, that's your answer. Like, why do the Giants think that they'll be set a quarterback for the next 10, 15 years? Like, they well, have a quarterback. Because they just drafted one, six overall. So that might be why and i'm not and i'm not saying it was a bad article and people don't even write their own headlines i just the headline made me laugh that's like oh well, I, I i know i know what like raise my hand all right next question in the mailbag this question is really specifically for you bobby because i know you've been talking about it it's a good old velocity numbers jake roberts 222 asks what do you guys think about the passive velocity numbers from the combine all right i'll let this go to you the floor is yours I, I don't. I want to see how I can attack this one because there's another question that's in there that'll be kind of. All right, ask the question that's a, that's another one that's directed at me. Let's do two and one. 
All right. The the two and one question. The second question comes from at the mod underscore NFL. He's also official like us. He has the NFL at the end of his name. He asked. Yeah. He asked us why does Bobby Skinner hate Daniel Jones as do most Giants fans? All right. So I debated bringing this up because I I feel like it's punching down, and I think it's petty, and I don't think I think a lot of you guys just don't care about this. Um, and I'll kind of give you a little look in like to my brain. I am an abrasive person. That's just who I am. And it's a, it's a positive for me because I, if I believe something, I'm going to go balls to the wall with it and tell you I believe in it. And it's a negative because if I disagree with something and it's painful on being put in my face, I'm going to say something. And, uh, and, you know, and, you know, this is all online. So there's never like saying it to their face, you know, but figuratively, I'm going to at you. And that's why I get into, arguments with Orvlosky and Riddick and just like it's just that's because I'm always like gonna ask people like I don't believe in talking behind people's back even though Twitter it's it's the internet but that's like my personality in real life and in person and I think it's a positive and a negative and I told I texted you uh yes yesterday or whatever day it was and I was like man this guy's really like starting to annoy me and and I was like man I like it's so hard for me to not at people I, this person was tweeting at me passively. He was like subtweeting. He was he was definitely saying stuff about me, and pretty much saying like I'm I'm drinking the Daniel Jones Kool Aid. I'm only saying I like him because the Giants drafted him, and that's like that's what I'm doing. And because there's like tweets from like a month before the draft where like someone said we're gonna take him at 17, and I did the Billy Madison like don't you say that. Don't you ever say that. Like, it was obviously a joke, and we have admittedly said we didn't really watch him before that, besides, you know, some NFL Live and, and analysts talking about him. And then we watched a little bit of him before the draft, and that's when we were, like, on like, – and I have the clips, and I posted them. Like, I was saying, like, why do people hate this guy? Like, show me what his huge flaw is. Um, and finally, so let's, let's do the velocity first because that's on the field. Everyone's been saying – Daniel Jones, his arm is weak. His arm is not strong. He doesn't have a great arm. And I'm not saying he has a Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes arm. Like, I'm definitely not saying that. But here's what I'm saying is show me a throw where it's, it's his weak arm screws him. Because, he, you know, he's thrown 60-yard passes. The longest uh, in-air pass last year, I believe, was 61 yards by Josh Allen, who has, you know, an arm that could go 80 yards. But you're never going to throw 80 yards. Uh, if you are, like, that's a one-and-every-five-season kind of type thing. So I'm like, show me, like, show me a throw where his weak arm screwed him. Now he did have a couple of underthrows. I think it was in the Virginia game, but those weren't like, those were like distant throws. He had, th- he had thrown deeper than that. I think they were just misplaced balls. And you know, I'm not, I've never said like this. Daniel Jones has no flaws. This guy's the best prospect ever. But nobody can point to a throw where he has this weak arm. People are like, well, it's not distance, it's velocity. It's not distance, it's velocity. That's all I hear. Like, if you watch it on film, you can see the velocity. And I'm like, where is it? Like, everyone keeps saying it. No one shows it to me. And then the numbers from the combine come out with the velocity numbers. And Daniel Jones is ahead of Haskins, ahead of Kyler, and I think even with Drew Locke. And so, I'm, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and then people are, the same person is saying, oh, well, those, those don't matter. It's not velocity. It's deep ball velocity. It's like, well, how, like, how are we ever going to get to figure out if no one can show me? And then the velocity numbers we have aren't bad. And then, the, you know, the velocity numbers for like the past like 10 years were shared. 
And for me, it looked accurate. Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes had the top ones. The only one that was weird was Flacco had 55, and I think uh, Jones had 54. So, like, if one guy is, like, not matching up to what we see on film, like, that completely throws it out. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So what I said is, I've you, you guys say, like, oh, watch, like, you know, but now we're saying, like, watch the film, and that's how you can see he doesn't have uh, deep ball velocity, where I've never seen it. But now the regular, the actual velocity numbers come out, and now they're no longer important. So I've never been like, oh, my gosh, Daniel Jones was 54 miles per hour. He has this, the hardest fastball in the NFL. It was just like, keep moving that goalpost. We keep on having to make up stuff. Um, and then that's where I got pissed because everyone saw that Giants highlight video, uh, Daniel Jones uh, dropping dimes or with the dimes, and there was a lot of swing passes on it. You know, it's the first QB the Giants have drafted in 15 years in the first round. So, and we, I think we talked about it last year. Like, it's silly. And then uh, uh, a Dolphins guy who does draft stuff, he, uh, you know, quote tweeted it. He's like, you guys just put out a hype video with, like, mostly swing passes. And I actually thought that was kind of funny. Like, I thought that was funny, you know. But it's, it's not a big deal, you know. Like, it's funny. Like, make your jokes. I think it's funny. In fact, I made one today, ironically, of I went and took swing passes and screen passes and put music behind it. And, like, Daniel Jones dropping the dimes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just silly. But now there's a few people and who, like, believe they are the voice of reason. Everyone's stupid but me. And they're like, this is a disgrace. The giant, this is why we're a laughing stock organization. This is another reason why. Like, this is the reason why a dumb video It's just a dumb video by a dumb social media person. For all we know, this could be an intern. Who freaking cares? Like, Danny, imagine if they just didn't put out any video on Daniel Jones. What if... This guy sucks so bad that they didn't even put out a video for him. It's like, who cares? And I wish that the Dwayne, I wish the Redskins and the Broncos and the Cardinals had their mini camps at the same time because they would put out the exact same things. Now they've seen this whole mess and they're like, okay, well, definitely don't do that because the people in New York are insane. And most of the people, most of the fan base is on our side on Daniel Jones and this thing. Like, it's silly. And like, yeah, I'm all for making fun of that. Like, I think that's funny. And it was like, like the, the Dolphins guy. Uh, it was a joke, and people are like, "Why don't you debate this guy? Because he's a draft guy, and he like he th- you know thinks Jones isn't very good." And I like if listen, I'm not some like expert scout. I just watch what I see, and I like what I see about Daniel Jones. I don't ever, I've never claimed to be like the expert. Like so, if if like if if a, another draft guy, or I'm not even a draft guy, I don't even want to say that, but like a draft guy says Daniel Jones is good, and he uses evidence, I'm completely fine with that. Like Dan Orlovsky is like actual. Uh, like, evaluation of Daniel Jones, I don't have a problem with that. The, my problem with Orlovsky was the aw shucks it, where that was stupid. My problem with Jeff Schwartz was the, uh, he's, like, mobile, running quarterbacks don't win the Super Bowl. It's like, dude, have, have you watched? Because he's not a running quarterback. Just because he ran a few times against UNC doesn't mean he's a running quarterback. So, like, that's, that's where I have beef with people when they do silly stuff. And this guy who, you know, claims to be a Giants fan, I'm not saying he's not a Giants fan, uh, supposedly, because I'm, Danny, let's be real, we're the new kids on the block. Yes, and, we are. And we're abrasive, and people don't like that. And I get that. Well, actually, I'm abrasive. You're, like, a nice guy and, like, you <laughs> good work. And I just I'm, – I'm a jerk. Um, but – and I get, like, not liking Jones. So I like it. But if you're a Giants fan and you will retweet and share anything that is – every little thing that's negative about Daniel Jones, I kind of question where you're going. I question, I question that maybe you wanted to be right more than you want the Giants to be right. If, uh, no. if you haven't posted one thing positive about Daniel Jones since the draft, 
I think you want to be right more than you want the Giants to be right. Because I get, I get he has flaws and pointing out those flaws, and that's completely fine. And I've done it too. I point out his flaws on every thread. But you're not going to post anything positive? That doesn't make any sense to me. That looks like a very negative person and a person that's never shown their face their face and part of being a Twitter for five years. And don't say, well, Danny doesn't have his profile picture because he's done periscopes and videos. So I've already nipped that one in the butt. It's just annoying to me. And I follow this person way back or whatever. And I was just tired of it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to quote tweet this where this guy says that the Giants are a laugh. A part of them being a laughing stock is this video. Like that is a stupid take. If you take that video seriously and you think that's makes the Giants as a part of a reason making the Giants a laughing stock, that is dumb. And you're a childish person. It's dumb. Okay. I don't care if you don't like Daniel Jones. That's fine. But if you're going to like go out to show negative stuff, I don't want to follow you. And I hate giving this guy this enough, this much attention, but it just aggravates the crap out of me. And that's why I unfollowed him and post that one thing. Cause I was done with it. I don't want to see his stuff anymore. And like I said, he kept on like, like, he's, and what's funny is because I'm very honest, Danny, and you are too. Like I, when I say something dumb, like I'm going to say it way before anybody else does. He's like, I have the tweets, bro. It's like, trust me, dude. I talked about it in the last podcast. I said, like, you're disrespecting Matt Stafford by comparing to Daniel Jones. Like, I've admitted that way beforehand. So any trying like, oh, gotcha. Well, I already got myself, buddy. So that's all you're going to do. So it's just, I like I said, I don't have a problem with people not liking Daniel Jones or, or not thinking Daniel Jones is going to be good. That's fine. I'm not this expert where it's like my way or the highlight. But if you're just constantly posting stuff that's negative on purpose, like Dan Snyder, who I like a lot, and we're going to have him on the show. We are scheduled to. And things got pushed back by Golden Tate signing. We got so busy with the draft. So we're going to start doing interviews. Like, we're going to have Dan Snyder on the show. He did a very good thread on Daniel Jones. And he's continuing it. And he's showing plays and whatnot. And he's showing the negative stuff. And he's showing the really good stuff. And he's, like, said, like, he had, like, one tweet about, like, oh, I don't believe Gettleman on the, like, we knew for sure 17. And that's what he shared. That, that whole thread of plays, that's the one thing he shared. So, Honestly, I don't want to give this guy any more attention than he deserves because I feel like I'm punching down. But it's just I can't stand people who are negative for the sake of being negative. I'm fine with being negative, okay? I freaking said I was going to boycott the Giants until they brought Eli back as a starter when they brought in Geno Smith. (laughs) Trust me. After a few losses in 2019, trust me, we're going to have some negative shows. But if you're just negative for the sake of being negative or being right, then – I, I don't want anything to do with you. That's basically where it is. And I didn't want – I gave this way more time than I really wanted to. Uh, I'm going to say a few things. One, you're right. If you're going to be negative about Daniel – if you're going to keep being negative about Daniel Jones, that's fine. Just at least have good reasons why to be negative. Don't just be <laughs> negative for the sake of, oh, he's Daniel – he's not Dwayne Haskins. So let's just deal with that. Uh, two, uh, if you're coming to my Twitter to for my profile picture, that's an issue right there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. I, my Twitter's for my funny jokes that are not funny, and my funny stats. And I'm waiting for a good picture. I don't got a good photo right now. All right, guys, calm down. It's, it's an and art. you've done Periscope videos too. Yeah, so. and it's an art to get a good profile picture. It's not that easy. Like you see Bobby's p- profile picture, it's just of his luscious hair. It's hard. Yeah, that was over a year ago. It's hard to get that hair that perfect. Okay? It really Trust is. Me. That doesn't happen every day, folks. 
And free to the juice of this, uh, the question at hand, I, I don't care about Daniel Jones' velocity numbers. I know he could throw the ball deep. I know he has the arm to throw it deep. So his velocity numbers, yeah, they're nice. He's better than Dwayne Haskins. Yippee-doo. But I don't care about Daniel Jones' velocity numbers. I don't care if Dwayne Haskins was better than Daniel Jones' velocity numbers. As long as Daniel Jones can outperform Dwayne Haskins and every quarterback in the NFC East, you will not see me complain at any time. Yeah. All right, I gave that way more attention than I, I wanted to. Uh, next question in the mail. Mail time. Let's get back to the mail. Uh, this question is going to be hard for the listeners, but Bobby's going to say, if you want to find out this question, uh, we'll, I'll post a picture on uh, like the main page, as just like, or maybe my own page. Do you, do you see that hat that uh, Scoochie posted in the in the ch- chat? What, what do you think of that logo? Would you want it back? Well, he posted that last week, and I was like, like caught me that link to that. And I bought it immediately. It was only 15 bucks. It's the old, old school Giants logo. Not the Giants with the line under, like the NR logo. But it's like the old school. And that, like, I love that. So I copped that for 15 bucks. Cool. I'd love to see it for a game. But full time, no, definitely not. All right. So, uh, hang on. There should be one more question. I got to make sure I got Oh, uh, th- this guy, uh, Leo P. Duggan asked. He asked for a preliminary depth chart of the current roster. That that's quite difficult to do. So I say, what? Uh, let's let's keep a defensive team. So that's what we're doing. Who will be your biggest defensive surprise on the depth chart with the rookies? Or yeah, rookies are on drafted free agents. Let's not do the whole depth chart because we can be here for hours. Yeah, I'll blog. I'll probably blog that once all this draft stuff slows down a little bit. Um, biggest surprise, I'll say. I don't want to say kindly. I'll say O'Shane Ximenez is a starter first half of the season. How about that? Yeah, I like that. I like that. I my big surprise. I'm gonna say, hmm. I will say, uh, hmm. Well, I'm gonna say, I'm. I'm gonna have to go with Shane Ximenez as well. That's not. I was like, oh, boo! You're just one of Bobby. But really, he's the only one that I can really see like legitimately starting because DeAndre Baker is gonna be starting. Uh. uh yeah, Janoris Jenkins is also going to be our other starter. I'll probably see Sam Beal be our other guy because we wasted our third-round dra- supplemental pick on him. So Shane Ximenez, he's probably the most likely option to start on this opening day roster. If yeah. It, yeah, so. And then this next final question is for me. It's from at jpenix74. He asks, when will Danny King change his Twitter name to Danny Boy King? The people are waiting here. So th- me and Bobby had a bet that went on to say, if Josh Rosen was traded to the Giants, I would change my Twitter handle to at Danny Boy King. And obviously the Giants drafted Daniel Jones and we did not get Josh Rosen. So so obviously that will not happen. But I'll, I'll make this new bet here. If the Giants make the playoffs in 2019, I will change my Twitter handle to at Danny Boy King. We'll keep this bet going until people get bored of it or people stop caring about it. So right now, the new bet is if the Giants make the playoffs, my Twitter handle will be at Danny Boy King. I love it. I love it. Um, and if you don't know the reference for that, go look up Danny Boy King YouTube, and it's one of the best videos of all time. Um, he was not attacked by a bear, and he did not die from the swine flu. All right, let's get to the undrafted free agents. We've, we've I thought this was going to be a short show, and it's not. All right, let's go to the defensive undrafted free agents. But before that, a quick ad. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor 
anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's take a look at the undrafted free agents on the defensive side. A lot of small school guys in here. In fact, almost solely small school guys. But let's start with the one big power five school. Mississippi State, Mike McLaurin, a safety, six foot one. Here's why the Giants signed him. He does everything. He plays safety. He comes down and plays in the box. And you can put him at nickel. Obviously, we've beaten, you know, beaten it to a pulp that James Betcher is like James Betcher likes uh, versatile guys on his team. He can do everything. Now his film doesn't wow you. You don't obviously, you know, he's an undrafted free agent, so you don't like watch his film like, oh my gosh, this guy is gonna come in and start. But if he comes in and plays well, I believe that he will at least get uh, a uh, a practice squad spot because James Betcher loves versatile guys. So if somebody goes down, he can put him in. But right now, I just think we're so deep at DB. I don't see him making the 53, maybe practice squad. Um, he also ran a 4 7, 7 40. But listen, Betcher loves versatile guys, so don't be surprised if he, he makes his way onto the field eventually this year. No, yeah, I, I see where I sign him. I like his size. He uses his length to his advantage. A fun fact I read about him, he intercepted Lamar Jackson three times at their bowl game in 2017. So. Not hard to do. Just no, kidding. Yeah. Low, low blow on Jackson. So. <laughs> Why do you got to do Jackson like that? No, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I just feel like he's a poor open field tackler. He's also not the best at 50-50 throws. Maybe it's just what I saw in him, but I feel like he's not the most physical guy. You can tell me I'm wrong on that. I feel like he's not very physical. But I do see why the Giants signed him, and he'll most likely earn that practice squad spot since our cornerback position, or basically yeah. every DB's position is full. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, he's not very physical. He misses tackles. Like I said, it's hard to judge the safety because a lot of times if the safety is doing a good job, um, at least in coverage, the ball doesn't come near him. Uh, but like you said, in the tackling game, there's a lot of times where he misses tackles. Or if he does wrap a guy up, they get an extra three, four yards and fall forward. So, yeah, I, I like McLaurin. And like he I, he can make his way onto the team eventually. But I don't think it's – I don't – like don't expect this – don't expect to see this guy – until maybe like week 14 if, if we've kind of thrown in the towel. No, yeah, unless we also like if something goes south again and like our strength and conditioning coaches can't keep our players healthy like 2017, then we'll see him play some football. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, let's not have that happen again, please. <laughs> All right, who, who do you got next, Danny? I got Josiah. All right, here it comes again. How do you say it? Is that Josiah? Listen, you try one way, I'll try another way. All right, I'm going to say Josiah. Tua Fea, I think that may be my best attempt at a name this year so far. Uh, six foot one, two hundred thirty-two pounds. Out of oh, I should say he's a linebacker out of Texas San Antonio. Uh, I like Josiah. He's a good tackler. He's a physical football player. Some scouts told NFL.com they praised him for his football intelligence. He's got good size and he's very strong. He's good at filling lanes. Some issues with him, he's very heavy-footed. He, he's not the big at moving his feet. And he also does a lot of guess-and-goes. He makes some very poor decisions, but I think they can train him to like fix that. Obviously, he has good football intelligence, but sometimes he thinks he knows it too much. That he knows exactly what they're doing, and it sometimes costs him a little bit. That can be fixed with the with this uh, Giants team. They can just tell him, like, don't do that. Go with, like, what, you, what you're told to do, do that. That's why I think the Giants. I like their side, though. He's a quality linebacker pickup. I agree with everything you said 100%. All right, this is what I'm going to do with the name. I'm going to go with Josiah. Like the, 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 <laughs> the, what's the song? Here comes the boom. Da, 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 da. It's like, here comes. I, I can't do it. 
I, I actually I, sounded like actually I'm not gonna say that's gonna sound super bad instead. Obviously, out of Texas San Antonio, he looks big in pads. Um, he for a middle linebacker, he's a really good pass rusher. You know, he has good moves. Um, and like you said, like he is a very smart player. But like you said, that you know, he kind of trusts himself a little too much. Where, like you said, like if he, if his responsibility is a running back in the passing game, like the running back will run a flat route. Or like, a, you know, like a not a play action flat route, but like a across the quarterback flat route. And he'll go and like hover over that. And then he's like, you know what, I'm going to go after the quarterback. And he does that, which he made plays doing that. But all, all it takes for that to go wrong twice. And you have a, a dump off to a running back for 20, 30 yards. So especially against a guy like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, you can't do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like like you said, he needs to do what he's told more. Uh, but, yeah, you said he fills gaps. That's what I noticed. Like, if there's, like, an open gap where, say, a QB wants to run up and scramble, like, he will come, like, in a complete circle and come fill that gap. I like that about him a lot. Um, and, you know, being at Texas San Antonio and being an NFL caliber player, like, you're probably going to do a little more, do a little extra uh, because you feel like that. Uh, he, I, I don't think he's going to come to the NFL and try and be like, no, Coach Betcher, this is the way I'm doing it. But uh, this is the guy everyone told me to go check out. And – I mean, I'm impressed. Uh, he's not the fastest guy. Like you said, he's a little uh, heavy-footed. But he's just a foot. I think he's a football player. And usually football players make their way onto the field and, uh, you know, play eventually. I'm not saying this guy is going to be uh, a future starter. But he is a football player. And, you know, with a middle linebacker where you don't have really any world beaters there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like I like Josiah. Yeah, I just love that we have two totally different names for these players. That's what makes it like 20 times more funny. But what I'm excited about this next guy, for one sole reason, he is a Long Island boy just like me, Jake Carlock out of LIU Post. I just had to get to him. The only reason why I'm rooting for this guy, he's a Long Island boy, and I want to see him succeed on the Giants. He, he was a DB, but they tried him at a, a linebacker at rookie minicamp, so they're obviously trying to see where he fits. But it sounds like the giant coaches love him. Coach Doss has said he played a million miles an hour the whole time, so he's a great guy to be around. And uh, he just, I like it. He's a physical guy. He, I like his block shedded abilities. And he's just going to be a fun guy to watch in the preseason as he tries to make this roster. You know what? I love because we don't really talk about these guys together, and then we talk about them on the show. And I feel so smart when you say what I want to say. Jake Carlock, this guy intrigues me so much. Like, yeah, he played against lesser competition, but he loves to hit. He's a huge hitter. I put out a video a couple hours ago, and he loves to hit. He loves to lay big hits. He play, Like you said, he plays at 110% all game long, from whistle to whistle. Uh, he, ha- like he, he does everything. He blocks kicks. He gets interceptions, sacks, lays big hits. He, he fights through blocks like nobody has seen. Listen, maybe he's not ta- – I don't know. I'm not going to say – I can't judge his talent because he's playing against smaller schools. And, he, like, we don't really know, like, his combine numbers. But when he comes in the preseason, that's why I said my eyes are going to be on him because he plays like a freaking madman, and I, I love those kind of guys, and I, I I I cannot wait to see him play in the preseason. Maybe he'll never work out, but I'll be excited. About it. I cannot wait to start, like to grab some clips from him from the preseason because he's just he's just a madman out there. He's like the typical like crazy linebacker you see in football movies. Like I, I love the guy. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just. Uh, this year for me, like, really going in depth with these undrafted free agent guys. But I feel like 
this preseason is going to be fun just to see what all these guys can do, both offensive and defensive. They got some quality guys. That's going to make the preseason fun to watch. I know that's hard to say, but it's going to be fun to watch these guys perform. It definitely does because last show on some radio, we interviewed a lot of these second, third string guys, and you're like, let me see what Rashard fan, the fifth string corner on the Bears, is doing in the fourth quarter of this game. It definitely The preseason is going to be a lot more fun for you this year. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. And, okay. and, and for the people that are listening, you get the like. Keep your eye on Jake Carlock. Cause the guy, he's a madman. Yeah, I love Jake Carlock. The next guy who I'm also a fan of, but unfortunately, a non-contact injury has taken him out for the year. So we have to wait till 2020. Is Nate Harvey the defensive end out of East Carolina? Six foot one, 225 pounds. Uh, there's potential in him. And the Giants knew that as well because they had interest in him dating all the way back to his pro day. They were very intrigued in talking to him. I like his handwork. And the one game, a few games I saw on him, the one game that really stood out to me was his uh, dominant game against Old Dominion. He was basically Mm -hmm. just a pain in the side for them. Because obviously when I watched O'Shane Ximenez tape, I wasn't being able to see Nate Harvey since they're both on the defensive side of the ball. So when I saw what Nate Harvey was doing to Old Dominion, I was like, this is why Old Dominion was struggling to put up points because Nate Harvey was just a physical beast of nature against Old Dominion. And some of the moves he did to Old Dominion's O-line, it was not as impressive as O'Shane Ximenez, but he did some damage and he got to the quarterback. How many times? You said like three times he got sacked? He sacked the quarterback? Three times, and so he was just—he was just a force to deal with for Old Dominion. So I like Nate Harvey. The potential's there. It's just unfortunately we now have to wait until twenty twenty to see it. Yeah, the guy—the guy was a menace in that game. And like to get people to look at my video, I said O'Shane Ximenez had one and a half sacks in this game, but there was another giant who doubled his production. That was my way of getting people to click. And he's only six foot one. He's two twenty five, but he's very fast. And when I found I got hurt, I was very bummed out because. He's another guy like I want to see what he can do um, as you know a tweener pass rusher. Uh, he had those three sacks in that game. His inside move like it's kind of all he does. So which like you got to you got to polish some more moves. Um, but he does bull rush like he you know he did like some one handed bull rushes. Now again it's against Old Dominion so it's not like the most amazing thing. But listen you can't pick who your competition's against. Actually you can in college that was a dumb thing um but yeah his inside inside move is great he loves you know working the outside the inside that's how every sack he got was from uh that being said he kind of and like o-line d-line you know that's where i played so that's where like my specialty is he leans his like shoulder pads into the linemen and then he pings his hands up you can't do that against nfl tackles they're gonna dump you and you're never like you're never gonna uh be able to to get a sack or, or make a play if you're doing that so he needs to work his hands better but he's an undrafted free agent so, obviously, there's things he needs to work on. But, yeah, it, it bums me out. We're not going to get to see him play. No, yeah, it sucks. It, it, it's even worse because it happened in, like, rookie minicamp, and it was just a freak non-contact injury. We couldn't even see him in preseason action. And it's just worse for him because he got a, a huge break, and now he's going to be on the shelf. But the Giants believe in him, and that's why they're not going to let him go. At least they'll try and bring him back next year. That's why. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, they should just put him on the roster and then put him on an IR. That way, nobody else can snag him up. I, uh, yeah, I, I cannot wait to see this kid next year. I believe they put him on. They put him on something. I think they gave him like an injured slash reserve list. I, what do they? They put him on something. The IR, but, yeah. Yeah, the IR. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Uh, I know football. Trust me. Uh, no, but uh, he's gonna be. I, the guys like him and him, him putting him on IR. It's obviously not a good sign, but it shows they believe in him. That's what I like about Nate Harvey. 
Yeah, definitely. All right, the last two guys, we'll go through them quick because we're running out of time, and we don't really have much on them. Jeremiah Harris, uh, defensive end, defensive lineman out of Eastern Michigan. There's really no tape on him or none that I could find. He's 6'5", 250, uh, 64 tackles senior year, five sacks. One interse- he had one interception in each of his past three seasons for a combined of six yards return. In, uh, like, the two or three plays I saw, uh, he seems kind of slow off the ball, and he – like, he's going to have to play inside if he's going to make it. But, like I said, I'm not going to judge a guy off three plays. But you might know him from breaking that wall before the game when the Eastern Mission comes out, which is, like, it takes way too long and it's kind of awkward. Might be the worst, like, coming out thing <laughs> in college football. So he did a video like that and it was, like, to hype people up. And he said like this, hey, guys, we're going to be playing this team. Uh, make sure you come out and ha- watch us break the wall. Be out there early because we're going to break the wall. And then it shows like a highlight of them breaking the wall. And it just, it just takes too long. Come on, <laughs> fix it, Eastern Michigan. And then the last guy, Jacob Thieneman. I'll let you try and figure out his name. Uh, <laughs> the safety, he is injured as well. So uh, we don't expect to see him. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, I found his stats for this year 49 solo tackles, 30, 25 assists for a total of 74, seven tackles for a loss. Let's get to the fun parts he had. Uh, according to this, zero interceptions for the year. So that, that's yeah, fun. That's what we like, baby. Zero interceptions. And he had one QB hit, and that was against Michigan State. So that's all I can tell you about Jacob. Fin- not even going to say it. Out of Purdue. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's finish the show. There was something I wanted to get to on the show, and I completely forgot, but it can wait. Um, it'd probably be a better thing for when things slow down a little bit anyways. There's not any news. Uh, all right, that's the show. Make sure, hey, if you like what you hear, Give us a rating and review. It appreciates us. Um, if you're one of those negative boys, you'll probably leave a one-star review, and you'll probably hate listening. So, like, this guy thinks Jay Carr is a player. Oh, my gosh, what an idiot. He can't do He can't do the defensive back from LIU. Like, that's who that kind of guy is. So, leave that one-star review. And I feel like a one-star review, I think that, I feel like that spices things up a little bit. I'm not asking anybody to leave a one-star review. But if one person does it, it gives everyone else a motivation. Like, you know what? Screw that guy. I'm going to go give them a five-star. So if you haven't done it, do it. And so you can be the force that fights the one-star negative boys. That's what – have you noticed, and I've noticed about myself, I'm not saying I like it, when I don't like somebody, I call them uh, whatever boy, and I just feel like it's degrading. Like Barnacle Boy, like <laughs> it was Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Um, Riddick I called TV Boy. That guy who we talked about last week who was a nobody, I called him Fantasy Boy. And now these – this, these guys, let's call them the negative boys. The right? negative boys. The negative boys, because they aren't men. They're boys. The <laughs> negative boys. All right. That's Bobby's trashing, everybody, because I am a freaking idiot, and I know I love to alienate people. I'm an <laughs> idiot. All right. I'm finishing the show. We're rambling way too much. Leave us a rating and review. Give us a follow on Twitter. All right. See you guys <laughs> next time. Let's go. Big Blue. <laughs>